In his 25th season now of broadcasting Carolina Panther football, color man Jim Zoki has had some close calls with his sense of humor. Remember the running back who's now passed away, Rashawn Salam? And there was a play where he takes the handoff of the Bears and, and the Panthers engulf him in the backfield for about a four-yard loss, and you can't even see him. And I just blurred out without even thinking, that's the old hiding the Salam play. <laughs> and there's just that's met a by a silence. And they're like, probably wasn't worth the risk. <laughs> <laughs> that story and more next as we roll back the clock with broadcaster Jim Zoki. 25 seasons of Panthers football, a celebration of the players, coaches, and other people who have contributed to the organizational success. Now to Mick Mixon. There is one man on the face of the earth drawing air into his lungs who has broadcast every second of every minute of every hour of every Panther game that has ever been played. That is my friend Jim Zoki, S-Z-O-K-E. What kind of a name is that? <laughs> you joder. It is of Hungarian descent, Zoki. In fact, uh, my dad, Jack, his father was John, uh, immigrated here in, uh, I don't know, 1930-something. And so uh, second generation Zoki from somewhere in Hungary. Not sure exactly where. Are there others? In town? In the United States. Yes, I have family spread out across America. Is um, it a common name? In America, in certain How many parts of, of America, there the more, Hungarian parts more common in uh, obviously what you would expect the Northeast, Ohio, Pennsylvania. So one time I was doing uh, UNC Charlotte basketball, and we're checking into the hotel. Uh, so it's me and Mark Cologne, who at that time was the sports information director for UNC Charlotte, and uh, the guy at the counter desk at checking in at the hotel said, "Zoki, are you related to Ernie Zoki?" And I said, no, I go, yeah, a lot of Zokies, but uh, this was in Pennsylvania. I said, no Ernie Zokies. So to this day, Mark Cologne refers to me as Ernie some 25, 30 years <laughs> later because of that, uh, the uh, the guy at the uh, the hotel. But uh, there's only, outside of my family, one other Zoki I'm aware of in Charlotte, and he pronounces it Zoke, and it's Adam Zoke, who is the golf pro for a long time now at Cedarwood Golf Club. And so we call each other cuz when we see each other. I'm usually it. out there. I'm not a member, but two or three times a year I have a charity golf event there. So we refer to each other as cuz, and each refers to the other as having said the name incorrectly, that he says it's Zoke, and I'm Zoki. I go, but that's fine because people call me Zoke more than they call me Zoki anyway. I like calling you the Zoke because, I don't know, I just do. But it <laughs> follows you. That's how that goes. It's better than Ernie. Everywhere you're introduced, Jim, every – uh, every uh, touchdown club, civic club, a lot of times on our broadcast, this this follows you. He's broadcast every Panther game. Do you ever get t- tired of hearing it? No, I'm just tired from doing it because it's so <laughs> many, it's so much talking. Take today, for example. I did a morning show, did the primetime and the ACC show, and I'm not doing just this one podcast, four consecutive podcasts back to back to back to back. So it's not that I'm so much physically tired of speaking. I'm just tired of hearing what I have to say after all this time of 25 years of doing games and the amount of speaking I do that I get on my own nerves after a while. So I appreciate you having me on as a guest because I know you've had some great ones on here. I'm guessing this was just kind of one of those weeks where you couldn't get John Casey or Jake DeLome or somebody to come by. But I appreciate the additional uh, airtime. And, uh, of course, want to mention before we forget, I don't think we will forget because he's not sitting too far away from us, David Langton, our producer, who's in charge of all of us here, uh, has also attended and worked every single Panther game 
over what is uh, now the 25th season of Panthers football. That list is getting smaller. Don Toner in the equipment mm-hmm. room, he'll be our guest on the podcast because we are celebrating 25 years of Panther football with some of the great individuals that have helped make this such a special place to work. What were the early broadcasts like, Zoke, back when uh, you guys were still trying to sort of figure out and the excitement of NFL football and the Carolinas was was running around rampant? They were horrible. I'm just kidding. They were, uh, you know, David has been putting this together from the very beginning. And David, as you see, runs a tight ship, did it 25 years ago, does it now. Even then, we've always done a three hour pregame show. That's never changed, never varied. Uh, the early broadcast crew, of course, was uh, Bill Rosinski, who you've had on this, uh, this podcast before, Roman Gabriel, uh, who uh, lives. Uh, out near uh, Myrtle Beach, I think in Little River in particular, but I keep up with Roman from time to time. Just turned 79 years old about a month or two ago. And Roman did the first seven years with us. But uh, it was fun. And every, as you know, you've worked with Woody Durham and different people through the years. Every group has their own dynamic. And, you know, Bill, with that big voice, that big presence, brought a lot of NFL experience right out of the gate, having done national network games for Mutual and uh, having done uh, you know games for the Atlanta Falcons for years, of course. Roman, a former MVP in the league. Now we're back to having Jake DeLoma, quarterback in the booth. And then 17 years in between with Eugene Robinson. And we, of course, to this day, work with Eugene doing our Panther Talk show and uh, and hanging out with Eugene every single week. And he brings such great insight to anything that he adds uh, to a broadcast. But he, there was a newness. The, the difficulty in the first year was that we had 21 road games. We had Canton out of the gate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame games. We had five preseason games. Home games were played at Clemson, which was harder to get to than San Francisco because of I-85 construction and trying to get back and forth in and out of Clemson. They just couldn't handle the traffic load with the construction down there. So that first season felt like about four seasons because of just the amount of time we spent on the road. We never had a home game until 1996 when then Erickson Stadium was built. Uh, So that was a, a difficult, long year. Everything was new. Everything was an inaugural this, a first that. First touchdown, first win, which took five losses to get to. Uh, first everything. Uh, first away game, first home game, first preseason game. Bob Christian scored the first touchdown in Canton. Still remember that. Uh, so it was just kind of like everything was a first, monumental. It's like having a baby. You remember all that first year you document when there's a, a child in the house of their first steps, the first time they said a word, all that stuff. That's how the first season was. So there was a lot more to it. It did feel like a lot more time because of the newness of it. And now it's become a little bit more of we've got this down to a little bit more of a science. So to that degree, uh, having done years of it, it does get a little bit easier to figure out how to get through a season and do it in the most efficient way. Color analyst and host of the pre, half, and post-game shows, Jim Zoki with us on the podcast. So Roman Gabriel was a big personality back in the day, especially for people of our age who remember number 18 with the Rams. What was it like in the early days going on the road with Roman Gabriel. It was like, to some degree, traveling like, well, I imagine it had been like Joe Namath back in the day. I mean, he was viewed in that same light. And I can't tell you how many road trips, to your question, or even home games, where we'd be walking to dinner, be in the hotel lobby, and this couple would walk up with their baby and meet little Roman, meet little Gabe, meet little Gabriel, Gabriella, wearing 18 jerseys, wearing number five Philadelphia jerseys, wherever he went. He, I mean, he was a national icon. It's just been the fact that it's been so many years have passed by uh, that it's been 50 years since his 1969 MVP season. There's a push to get him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame now, and he deserves to be in there, by the way, because they're talking about doing 20 for 20, that they would add 20 members. And Roman certainly, by that number, you would hope would, he, would get in finally after all these many years. 
Uh, but uh, as you said, Roman is a big, kind of like a lot of the classic old-time football players that old rub dirt on it, had, I think, I'm not exaggerating when I say he had 16 surgeries, and they weren't good surgeries back then, the classic leave the cotton ball in, get a staph infection kind of surgery. So I know your medical prowess, uh, that would probably be something you would have a fun time talking to Roman about. But he was just a, a funny, bigger-than-life personality. He was in a John Wayne movie, The Undefeated. He was on Gilligan's Island. He was on Perry Mason. Again, these are all one-offs where he would do shows. Uh, but playing for the L.A. Rams, he had a little bit of a celebrity status that comes with playing in Los Angeles that uh, carried with him during his career. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, and he lived in Fort Mill, so he was here local for all those many years and uh, was a big part of our first seven years and a lot of fun to work with. Everyone knows you have the sense of humor. You're a brilliant counterpuncher, rapier-like wit, constantly honed to razor-sharp edge. That's already come through here on the podcast. Have you ever gotten in trouble for something you have said on the Carolina Panthers radio network? Nothing uh, nothing uh, like detention, more like stay after class as opposed to getting full-on detention. There was one comment, and I didn't get in trouble for it, but I did have a couple people use the term drove off the road when you said it, spit out the coffee kind of thing. Remember the running back who's now passed away, Rashawn Salam, was the former Heisman Trophy winner with the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears? Oh, yeah. And there was a play where he takes the handoff for the Bears and, and the Panthers engulf him in the backfield for about a four-yard loss, and you can't even see him. And I just blurred out without even thinking, that's the old hiding the Salam play. <laughs> And there's just met by a silence, and they're going, that probably wasn't worth the risk. (laughs) (laughs) So there were times like that. Um, More lighthearted gaffes. We used to do a Thursday night show at Longhorn Steakhouse on Moorhead Street down from here with uh, Bill Rosinski and Bill Polian. And it was in front of a live audience. I'd be eating their dinner. And the, the segment was brought to you by City Chevrolet. And it's... September, October, November, some point middle of November, we go to break, and every single break, back after this, brought to you by City Chevrolet, except I don't say City Chevrolet, I say Chevrolet, and the restaurant falls out, I got Bill Polian, the general manager, Bill Rosinski, just falling out laughing at me, and and we go to break, and during the entire break, Bill Polian's trying to make me feel better by telling me funny things he said wrong through the years, and everything to what he said, I go, nope, still not as bad as what I just (laughs) said, the word in front of all these people, including my kids that are out there, by the way, uh, for the show. So nothing nothing really bad, nothing as far as what we said. I, that's a credit to the organization, too. That, And I think you're, you're the same way, too, about it. And whether it was Eugene or Roman, Bill or you, as long as you're fair, it's okay. As long as you're not bashing the team just to bash the team like a sports talk show host – it's you know fair is fair. If the team is losing fifty-one to nothing, they're losing fifty-one to nothing. Let's not pretend we're winning fifty-one to nothing. Let's not just blame the referees for it. So I think if you're fair and honest in your evaluation, and you're not just dogpiling on, I, I think it's okay. And so I think we've done that through all twenty-five seasons. Have we've been fair? As we often say, we're Panther fans. We're the Carolina Panthers radio network. Don't come looking to us to give you Tampa Bay. Hoopla. We're just, you know, when when warranted in the moment, we will. But we want to see the Panthers win. I know when you call a touchdown play, the level of enthusiasm of the Panthers' Cam Newton scoring a touchdown versus if Jameis Winston scores one will be markedly different. This is not a national broadcast where we're 50-50. So we're Panther fans. I think we treat it that way. We want to see the team win, but yet we're fair. And I think that's a relationship we have the audience to relay the story accurately to you. If the team is losing and they got 15 penalties, we need to tell you. If the team is losing and they fumble the ball four times, we got to talk about it. And, again, there's a way of talking about it without just bashing the team. And I think we've kind of walked that balance correctly, I think, for the most part over 24 years. 
all the guests on the podcast are an important part of the history of the franchise. That's certainly true for you, the Zook. As we wrap up with you, what is it about being a sports announcer and calling games representing the Carolina Panthers that you love? I love the NFL as much as I love sport. And I actually grew up playing a lot more baseball and basketball through high school than I did football. So those were my main sports. And I always actually envisioned myself as a baseball announcer. I used to call fake baseball games into a tape recorder with my childhood friend Brian Welty. would take turns like they do in the broadcast booth. they take it through the middle innings now. <laughs> yeah, Here's Brian hear Welty. Let me hear a bit of that. Well, I'd have to find the tapes, and I don't have Radio Shack to find a cassette recorder for it. But it was just little kids calling baseball games into it. But I always loved football as a fan the most which is surprising because I grew up in Cleveland where the Browns had either awful teams or good teams that suffered heartbreaking losses. It was never the full-on winning. So the fact that I'm even a huge sports fan is a testimony uh, to me uh, that I was able to endure all of that. So I love NFL. I get a big charge every Sunday, or in this case Thursday, of going into NFL stadiums. And I think to myself, you know, it's expensive to go to these games and to park and to eat as a fan. And I, and I did that growing up, uh, going to games and going downtown and all that stuff. So I appreciate the trouble the fans go to and the fact that they appreciate this as an entertainment option that means a lot to them. Uh, so to have the honor, I would call it, of being paid to work it and go to the games and, and sit where we do and, and to get to call football games is fun. And I've been, um, I've been doubly blessed in that you included as much as anybody have so much enjoyed the work relationships we've had because we've all in this business worked with some people that have really big egos and they're not that fun to work with. I've been really fortunate to work with a group of people on air and off air who are really great quality lifelong friends who I talk about Bill and Roman and, uh, and you and Eugene. And now we had Jake and Jordan past present and uh, just getting underway with a new group this season. Uh, really good friends and people I really enjoy having dinner with and hanging out with and, and calling a, bro- a broadcast with for three hours. So it's been great. And the organization overall, we've had ownership changes and all the many changes through the years of people. That, as you mentioned, there's only f- like four of us who've been to every single game. Uh, the people have come and gone. It's just been really first class and it's been fun. And it's not as fun when you're one in 15 or two and 14 as it is going to two Super Bowls like we did. Uh, but just enjoy the fact that to get to work at football at the highest level, broadcasting at the highest level with really good people who are really good at what they do. Speaking on behalf of all those people you mentioned, Zoke, it's our honor to work with you, to watch you work, to listen to what you do, and to be friends with you and Sandra. So thanks for being on the podcast, and we'll see you pretty soon in a broadcast booth not far from here. See you tomorrow. We'll continue our historical perspective of the first quarter century of Panther football next time right here on the podcast. Wow, wow, wow.